Mama, hey, welcome to the Mom Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Comers, owner of Mom Culture. I'm just a mama who's winging it and hopefully winning it, trying hard to raise good humans while running my brand. On season two of our podcast, we're going to have even more authentic conversations about motherhood with some of my favorite mama friends. We're going to talk about how we navigate it all, pick our battles, run our business, and how we support our fellow mama kind. I hope you pick up a few nuggets of inspiration and information along the way. So grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the chat. Hey, mamas. Hey, we're here with a fun, we think it's going to be a fun podcast, don't you, Gina? I think so. I think this one's going to be good. So just to give you a little intro, our social media coordinator, Julie, who uh, left us sadly in February, right before the world kind of just came to a halt and so many changes occurred. She relocated to Arizona to buy a house and start her big girl career. And she still works for mom culture as a little side hustle. But when she moved, some exciting things kind of fell into place. So Julie, you want to tell us what exciting thing fell into place for you? Yeah. Hey. So hey girl, I'm excited hey. to be here. <laughs> um, yeah. So my husband and I, we've been married four years now and I've been bugging him about when are we going to be parents? You know, all that fun stuff. And um, we were planning on 2020 being our year once we <laughs> moved. we all? <laughs> right? I know. It's so funny how it works out. Yeah. We bought the house, moved, everything fell into place. And then COVID hit like two weeks later and we're like, maybe right now is not the best time to have a kid. <laughs> so anyways, we kind of just floated along and saw what happened and, you know, lived our lives. And then um, it was actually, it was kind of a funny situation. We came back out to California to visit some friends and like, when was that? October, I think. And then my, <laughs> one of my best friends told me that she was pregnant and I immediately was just like, okay, now's the time. Like we've always <laughs> talked about, our kids growing up together and it just like really hit home and I was like all right let's be serious about this so you know him and I really started talking about it and we're like let's try you know we didn't have any expectations because we've had a lot of friends who have gone through fertility struggles and things like that so we just kind of had an open mind like we don't know how long it's going to take but let's start trying now (laughs) first month in no joke I remember you know we were trying and I was tracking my my schedule and everything so I knew when I was ovulating and everything but um I just felt different like when I was supposed to be starting my period I had different symptoms and I was like hmm maybe but it seems so easy right like no way You're and, like, no um, way yeah I was like this, this this can't be it right so I took a test because I had a couple at the house and <laughs> I remember sitting there and Drew's still asleep and I go so babe um, it's positive, but I'm pretty sure the test is broken because maybe it's expired. <laughs> You're like, this like, can't no be way. right. <laughs> I was just in total disbelief, right? And then I was like, well, I'll take another one like the day after I'm supposed to start my period, right? Because that's their telltale sign if you skip. And um, so I go a couple days and then I take the next one and it's an even darker line. And I like, it was the clear blue. So it was the, like the positive line. It wasn't the digital one. So I, I legit looked it up online and was like, what does a positive pregnancy mean? Oh, my God. You like, did not. I, I did. <laughs> I was in such disbelief that I was like, no, there's no way. 
and then obviously I started getting excited and again still kind of in denial like we didn't want to tell anyone right away or anything so I was like okay let me schedule like a blood test and they can test you know HPV levels that way and that came back positive and then I still was like again just being super cautious I was like well maybe it's like topic like I don't know or all those things go through your mind yeah I was like so concerned and like cautious about it that I wasn't yet excited I guess um, until finally the eight week ultrasound, it felt like forever waiting until that. And then we saw the, the little beam on the screen and then heard the heartbeat. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a baby in there. There's a baby. <laughs> so our mom culture crew is officially growing by one yes. more. So Julie's <laughs> awesome surprise is Julie's having a baby. I know. Yeah, I guess that's the, the long story of it. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's been so long since we've chatted. So I'm so excited to catch up. So yeah. Uh, what I think I got this idea what like two weeks ago I was in the shower yeah. all my good ideas I swear if you'll leave me alone in the shower I could run <laughs> the country because all these ideas come to me but uh it hit me I was like how fun would it be because the whole time you worked here you got to experience motherhood through our eyes and we obviously right. are at some interesting stages we're in teen years and school years and all these things but we were always telling you about all the baby stuff and you would ask questions and we would answer and we're kind of brutally blunt and honest when it comes to how we answer our baby motherhood questions so we were like but don't be scared it's wonderful so I got the idea that how fun it would be because you're what about two weeks away from your due date yes I'll be 37 weeks tomorrow but she could be here any day (laughs) so exciting yes she could because my my girl came my first one came at 37 in like one day, I think. So any day now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so my idea was that we get together, we chat on a podcast about birthing, expectations, ideas, birth plan, questions, and Gina and I will do the best to answer what you, uh, what you cook up for us. And then the kicker of my brilliant idea was that we will recap with you postpartum and see how much of it was reality, how it really was for you how your experience was different um, once you've gone through it. Because as a first-time mom, we do have a lot of expectations. Don't you agree, Gina? Oh, definitely. I also think you you do all the research. You read the oh, books. You take so the birthing much classes. And, yep. <laughs> and you just, you like, want to try and know everything you could possibly know. But everything. it's just, it doesn't even compare to the, experience, the reality. The yeah. reality. So I... I thought this idea was great, and I'm so excited that you're willing to share with the mom culture community your whole, like, wet behind the ears, first time mommy, don't know what what to expect, and you are like Monica from Friends. We always said when you worked here, you were a thousand percent Monica, type A, we say it lovingly, and I am, of course, we know Phoebe, mixed with a little bit of Rachel, but mostly Phoebe. Um, and so for me, I'm sitting here going, this is going to be fun to watch you and your type (laughs) A become a mom because just like Gina said, you do all the research, you dive in, you have all this knowledge, you have all these expectations, birth plans, and especially if you're someone that has some control issues, Julie, (laughs) um, it can be a really humbling experience. Believe it or not, I wasn't so flighty my first time around. I don't know. I kind of definitely was a little more type A and I had a birth plan. And as I shared with you, what happened to my birth plan? It went out the window, went out the window <laughs> with my yoga ball. The nurse threw my yoga ball in the hallway and said like, say la vie by this isn't happening. Wait, really? Oh yeah. Why? Uh, it was a small room and we had lots of things going on. So my oh, first okay. experience did not go 
like how it was laid out in any book or any movie I had seen <laughs> or anything I had read. And this was really in 2007 when I became a mom, the internet was a thing and there was like baby center, but it wasn't what it is today. So like knowledge and information, I mean, you had to really, you had to go to the bookstore, you had to, oh, yeah. right? You had yeah, to like yeah. really, I had books. oh, I had books. That damn, what to oh, expect I've, when you're expecting. I've purchased so many books and read almost all of them halfway through. And then I just stopped. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm it's done. a lot. It's a lot of information. And there's yeah. a lot of mixed, you know, I, it's ever so changing. I mean, there's a lot. But I mean, women have been giving birth for ever. Right. And so it's like we know that our bodies know how to do it. But there's so much that goes into it. So um, definitely the knowledge and putting it all together. And then if you're a type A person, putting together a birth plan is huge. And for me, mm-hmm. after my first experience, I was like, oh, well, that didn't happen at all. So I went on to have two more babies and definitely there was no birth plan ever again because I knew not to have any of those expectations because anything is possible and you just have to be prepared. So what right. are what are some of your Julie type A birth plan ideas? <laughs> Gina and I want to know. Yes. So definitely hit the nail on the head with that one. It is a humbling experience. And even though she's not here yet, I've learned a lot. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, again, working with you guys, you've been very awesome and never sugarcoated anything. And I really, really appreciate that (laughs) because it has given me realistic expectations and knowing like, sure, go ahead and write that birth plan, but you might only hit two of the 10 items on there. Exactly. Make it to the hospital and bring a pillow. Like that's it, you know, but um yeah, no, I'm really excited just because we decided to go the route of, you know, the more natural unmedicated. Um, so we hired a doula. Uh, we're actually planning to meet with her tomorrow to go over everything. And again, like, go over in the sense of like, this is what I'm planning, but open mind, we'll see what has to happen kind of thing. <laughs> Bottom line is we want baby to be here, you know, healthy and safe. So whatever needs to happen, whether that's C-section or not, like, I'm open to it. You're open um, to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be one of those, like, fighting it tooth and nail, like, no, I have to do it this way. Like, I mean, yeah, at first I'll probably be like, well, let's let's wait it out a little bit. Let's see what happens. But I'm not going to be stupid. Like, if heart rate's dropping or something, then obviously, like, <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but, yeah, no, I think a lot of it is just keeping an open mind. Um, and, yeah, I feel it's weird. Like, you know me, right? So, like, I do. I've always... <laughs> I've always kind of been like self-conscious about my body and like just life decisions in general. But I feel like being pregnant and like advocating for someone else, I've become so much stronger. And I just, I love that. And I don't know if it's because I'm turning 30 this year or if it's because I'm pregnant, but like maybe both. (laughs) It's both. When you say Gina, I think once you become, and you're growing a human, I think you're, you really, it's a different level of womanhood too. And just your body. And I was actually, believe it or not, because you guys know how I am now, I was pretty self-conscious about my body back in, I mean, like everything was covered. I actually annoyed the nurse by pulling my gown down during delivery with my first because it was (laughs) obstructing their thing. And I was like, yeah, but you're showing my lady bits. Like, can we cover some stuff up? Because I was very modest. But honestly, that experience, the whole modesty and your body, and it goes out the window too. I mean, everyone sees your stuff. 
your shaved legs, <laughs> unshaved legs, your shaved areas, everything, your nipples. I mean, I had so many people up in my nipples. I was like, can we not? Like, can we just not, people? But I know. It, it's like the, the personal bubble yeah, goes out the window. It totally goes out the window. And again, if you have any sort of, you know, inner self-conscious issues or if you're control, it's really, really, really hard. But it, it does. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful transition period. So I'm excited that you're embracing it. And as far as Thank labor you, yeah. goes, I think um, – I was told when I did our birthing classes that you'll lose modesty when you are close to delivery. So, you know, as you're going through labor, you know, you'll be, you know, going to the bathroom door closed, all those things. And the closer you get, you're like door wide open, you know, just sitting on the potty. That's how I was. I was, you know, I was always very modest. But yeah, when you're close to delivery, you honestly don't care who's in the room. You don't care what's hanging out. So that's a, that's just a sign of. You're yeah, ready. You're ready. You're ready. So That's good to know. Yeah. I do have a question. Do you have any personal deal, deal breakers in your birth plan? Like, do you want Drew at the headboard? That was one of mine. So I'm just curious. Like, do you have any deal breakers? You know, no, I mean, I'm open to him being wherever he wants to be and feel comfortable, but he's sounding like he's going to be more comfortable up at my head. So like maybe for second baby, he'll be more adventurous. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, again, like you never know what happens. So he might have a mental shift and be like, "All right, I want to catch or I want to see, you know, what's going on." But oh, as I of right now, in the moment, he's, he's planning right. on being up up top. <laughs> so, any other like, are you um, like music? I mean, you have a doula, so you have someone there to advocate and kind of control the environment. Yeah. Do you have anything yeah, else so, like big on your birth plan? Um, I'd say the biggest things are like unmedicated. So no, um, no epidural and they, it's cool at our, at our hospital, they have like birthing tubs and stuff. So I'm aiming towards more of that. Yeah. I'm going to bring music. Um, she's going to bring some essential oils and, um, I've heard that like the hip squeezes and like compression and stuff is really helpful. So like Drew and her can kind of trade off with that because it's very physically draining <laughs> apparently. Um, and birthing ball, like all that's provided by the hospital, thankfully. So like, we really don't need to bring a ton. Um, but yeah, I'd say like biggest thing for me is I want to go unmedicated just because I don't know, my mom did it with both of us and it was no problem. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to follow in is her footsteps. <laughs> Let me ask, um, is your doula going to come to your house or is she just meet you at the hospital when you go there? Yeah. So it's actually pretty cool. She meets us at our house, like when I'm I don't, I don't know exactly what stage in labor, but you know, when contractions are consistent and like pretty close together and like, you know, early, early ish labor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of something I'm going to talk to her about tomorrow, but then after that, she'll go with us to the hospital and then she's there through an hour after delivery to help with like latching and like the, the golden, golden hour. hour. Yeah. 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 So she'll help you make the decision on when to go to the hospital because that was always a yes. question for me. Like, yes. how do I know? Exactly. How will I know? Well, you're crazy. Gina, just backstory to our listeners. Gina, you've had three, right? Unmedicated. Yes. So in my eyes, Gina's a hardcore rock star. I have not had unmedicated yet one now that I know better. Right. Was unmedicated because my epidural didn't work. And one was almost unmedicated. I guess I can technically say that it was because by the time he was here, the epidural started working, which ended up being in my favor because I ended up having to have an unfortunate procedure. But 
Yeah, I have not been that type of a rock star. So I will say to clarify, <laughs> I only did it because I don't react well to medication because I never take it. And so my fear was mm-hmm. that I would be in labor and then have some terrible reaction like vomiting or whatever from the medicine. So I thought I'm just gonna take my chances with labor and try right. to avoid anything else. So it wasn't like I didn't think I was going to be a rock star and just do this. Well, I do. I think you're a rock yeah. star. It was it was like for other reasons. <laughs> so right. And I, that's, that's kind of where I'm at too, because my body is very sensitive to anything that goes in it. So I'm more on that side too, where I'm like, you know, I don't want to mess with nature. And that's the thing, like, you know, animals do this all the time without anyone's help. And people do that, you know, they give birth to kids and toilet seat. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's amazing that it's great that we have the interventions that we do, but being healthy and like with my mindset, I'm like, you know what? I can do this. Like, I want to, I want to see if I can do it kind of thing. Do you, do you have a so, high tolerance for pain, Julie? I do. Yeah. Okay. Cause that will help. I've yeah. seen her at the acupuncture. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. <laughs> on I've the seen fence. her, I've seen her come that to her was, knees with acupuncture. That was my first acupuncture <laughs> appointment to be fair. And that was before being pregnant, before I was used to being poked and prodded. So this yes, is your first I, baby, Julie. Yeah. Right? I, this no, is not I'm acupuncture. Not You're going to be poked with a lot more than a little teeny tiny acupuncture. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, okay. So a couple of the things. So natural, you're going to stay the course. Do you have yep. a, do you have a safe word or a point where you have already discussed with your doula and with um, your husband that you're like okay when I hit this this is what I want you to do either coach me through it or when I'm telling you this whatever my safe word I want medicine medicine so have you talked about that as an alternative No because in my mind it's not an option awesome so I'm not even gonna no go there. I told and I totally get I just was wondering if you had discussed that because I have heard some yeah. people you know and then they're like no 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 my husband wasn't listening to me. And I was like, no, I'm saying the safe word. And they're like, no. And then I've literally seen it on Facebook right. groups that I gave oh. the safe word and he never got it for me. And I hate him. I, I will say, like, with, yeah. with my third, um, he would came at you know, three o'clock in the morning. I remember getting to the hospital and telling the nurse, I think I might want the drugs this time. And my husband, he oh, stood man. up and he's like, he goes, you know, she didn't have it with her others. She pretty sure she doesn't want them. And the nurse was amazing. And she was like, you know what, we're gonna, she's like, it's okay, we're gonna get you through it. And they never, I don't know if I was too far along. And they were like, we're not doing this for you. Or if they were just being super supportive and try and work, you know, get me through it. And and they did, which was amazing. But there's definitely a time where, where you're like, just give me the medicine. I can't, I can't take it. (laughs) That was me with the third one. I actually got there a little, almost past the point of too late. They tried to talk me out. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, no, no, I'm about walk. I'm going to walk out of here if you don't give me some medicine. And actually, I had a friend who was on staff that night who was ending her shift, who saw my post on Facebook and came to my room to say hi. And she, thank you so much, Nurse Nicole. She went and got the anesthesiologist for me because I was like, no, girl, girl, I'm going to walk out. Like, you need to find the one for me. Oh, my God. But you would. Yeah, yes. I, and I would. You know me. I mean, I would have walked right out of there with my <laughs> flip-flops in amniotic fluid and all the things that went with my uh-huh. last delivery. Um, but they gave it to me. And like I said, it actually didn't do anything, but it came in handy, my um, procedure after. So I was thankful for it. But they do try to talk you out of it if, you know. If, if you really want it to natural, they'll stick with you. If you really want the drugs, I think they make it happen for you. Right. Well, that's what right. I was saying. You know, you have a doula, you'll have Drew there. So 
they can also advocate for you because when you're in that yeah. hard label and yeah. you're just trying to get through those contractions and you only have like two minutes between contraction, you're really not capable of making a decision. So no, it's, right. it's and nice to know that yeah. they're going to stand up and support you, and, you and know what your, what your wishes are. Exactly. Cause I know that that's how it goes and like breathing and thinking and all that is like gone at this point. Mm-hmm. So I knew mentally I wasn't going to be able to make those sorts of decisions in the moment. So I was like, let's plan ahead. And I just felt more comfortable having a doula. And they say that the doula actually helps out the husband a lot more. Too because, oh, I would believe yeah, that. Like, yeah. You know, it's like that way he can, I don't want to say enjoy it, but like be in the moment instead of like freaking out, like, oh crap, did we make the right decision? Or what does this mean? You know, like, do we need to do this? Do we need to do that kind of thing? So like he can be more present, you know? Oh, sure. Cause he's going to be worried not just about the baby, but about you. Yeah. So he'll, right, he'll right. be going through a lot too. So it's good to have someone else. It's a else. lot on men. I think we forget, don't you? Uh, I mean, we, our bodies go through it, right? But they sit there mm-hmm. and they're, they're benched and come on, yeah. men, men are active players. <laughs> right? I mean, let's call it what it is. They don't want to be benched. And if they're benched, they're right. not they're not in the best mind space. They don't want to be benched. No one wants to be a bench warmer. <laughs> and they're sitting there and they're asked to basically be a bench warmer and they're only, you know, go fetch the water, go do this. It's hard for them. And I think that we forget that in the process. And when things are tough, I think they too don't always know what the right answer is. And they have different equipment than they do. So I think a doula is great. If you can afford one and have one, I think it is the best to have someone, a point person for your husband and for yourself to advocate because men just, like I said, they don't have the same things we have. And so they sometimes look at them like, I don't have the answer. What what do I do? I I think she told me this. I mean, that's happened to us. Mm -hmm. Well, I know she said she didn't want the the cut, but well, if you have to, like, yeah, no, you need someone to help advocate those things. So I'm glad you're going to have a person with you to help Drew. Thank you. Yeah, no. And I think that's helped a lot with like my mental state because for years I would be like, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be a mom, right? Like I've always known that that was in my future and that's what I wanted. But the fact of like delivering a baby or birthing a baby is technically not delivering, it's birthing. <laughs> yes. But um, anyways, getting the baby here is has been such a struggle in my mind to like wrap my head around until finally when I was like, I got the hypnobirthing book and I like, we took a hypnobirthing class and, you know, that's kind of the core of this is the unmedicated world but like you know reading through it and like realizing how natural it is and how common it is for everything to go fine like I feel like there's a lot of um a lot of light shed on bad things that happen which again like it's good to know what could happen but I think for people like me that overthink everything it it kind of turns you the other way and goes oh no like (laughs) this is all bad you know what I mean like it kind of does you wrong in that sense so it's nice to know that there's actually more cases of natural birth and things going smoothly than the opposite I guess if that makes sense oh no totally I I had a little bit of the opposite because I always I mean I I knew I was gonna have an epidural I don't really want to feel pain necessarily so there were certain things I knew that I was like okay if it's available I'm gonna do it I always thought that it was like it was a pretty natural process and then to go through on my end, and that's why I thought it was so neat that we do this is just because I had this like expectation and you know, I shared with mm-hmm. you, my first experience went completely opposite, but <laughs> I didn't hear about 
things going opposite. I mean, I knew that there was possibilities. You have to have a C-section and things like that, but no one, and I swear, I don't, maybe I just read the wrong books. I didn't get that information that XYZ could happen and damn, XYZ happened to me. And it was so like, for me, I almost had that. And they talk about like, not necessarily, I don't want to use the word birth trauma because I didn't really experience that. I want to say the first time, definitely the third, but it was so not right. And I I just Mm -hmm. didn't know that that was like, it wasn't supposed to be like that. So it was an interesting experience for me of just everything kind of going like south and not really ever seeing that talked about anywhere. So, you know, I'm like, I do like to talk about it because I feel like, especially oh, the first time moms that have no, like no one's told them, you know? So me, I told all my girlfriends, I was like, okay, yeah, they're going to do this to you. They're going to do that to you. And when they say they want to do this, you just say no, like, just no, yep. like, at, like they did that to me. Don't let them do that to you. So it was just, it's interesting, you know, that we have like the two different views. Cause I get what you're saying. Um, I think too, you were kind of thrown in here at mom culture of so much. There's a lot of birth trauma talk and talking about just advocacy for women. And I think you saw more probably, I don't want to say negative, but just more the other side. And you weren't seeing so much of the beautiful side because it really is. I mean, it is a beautiful experience. My second delivery was our birthing process was amazing. Like I couldn't have asked for a better experience. And I always said he was like my redemption because it was, (laughs) it was, he's now killing me. He's the only one that didn't kill me coming out, but he's now killing me living. Um, But it was a beautiful process. So it's like I got one of those like beautiful birthing experiences and I had two not so positive ones. So Mm -hmm. it is, it's true. It's like there's both, but I think one is more glamorized in um, especially social media than maybe the other. Yeah. And again, like that's not to say that it's not important. I'm just saying like for my personality, I think I needed to spend more time focusing on the positive and like realizing these things are kind of like one in 10 situations, for example, instead of like nine out of 10, you know? No, exactly. Exactly. I totally get because that is like how you are. And so I'm glad that you, you recognize that. So what, what questions do you have for us or what do you want to know from our perspective of the old, the old mothers that have done this (laughs) six times combined? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, we're nuts. See, but this is proof that it's not that bad. You want to know why? Because everyone goes back for more. I mean, that's that's, that's true. That's the reality, right? Yeah. Um, I guess like postpartum, let's do some real talk. Like, did you guys have anxiety, depression? Do you feel like you did and then didn't get diagnosed? Or like, what did you do for that kind of thing? I'm going to let Gina take this one because I've been hogging the mic and Gina's voice is better than mine. (laughs) I don't know that I should because I honestly don't think I had any postpartum with any of my kids. I think... um, My first one, you know, she was easy and I was so happy. Well, you guys know, but I waited a long time for her because we did have infertility issues. So we were married for 10 years before we had her. And I think just having her, like I spent every minute with her. I was so happy. Just (laughs) I didn't have any any sort of depression or anything. My third, um, I was it was a difficult pregnancy because I was an old lady. You know, I was 40 (laughs) when I got pregnant with him. Uh, 41 when I had him and that was hard for me just feeling that I was just too old but once he once I held him side note yeah side note though I have to say because one of my friends is what is she 36 or 37 and pregnant with her third 
Um, and they, she said that they were calling her a geriatric. I yeah, like, no, it oh is. And it's yeah, AMA. Yeah, anything after the age of um, 36 35? is a ger- Yeah, well, 35, and then if yeah. you turn 30, if you're going to be turning 36, it's like the geriatric pregnancy. And oh that was actually God. my sister. She told me it was such a humbling experience because she had her boys. She was a teen mom with her first, and then she was early 20s with her second. And she had my niece um, in her 30s, and she was like, it's a humbling experience. They, they basically told me I'm an old woman. I had, well, my I first I had at 36. So my first pregnancy, it's called AMA, Advanced Maternal Age. And no. they make, yeah, they make you feel kind of elderly. So you've had then three so elderly pregnancies. I've been an old lady, yes. Damn, but, Gina. Wow. But again, once I held my son, um, mm-hmm. like that was it. Like I was just, it was just the best thing ever. I will say and that's what got me through that pregnancy. When that baby comes out and you hold her for the first time, you will want to repeat that experience. And I'm telling <laughs> you, like, so I that whole pregnancy, I just kept thinking, but I'm going to get that moment again. I'm going to get to have that right. moment one more time in my life. And that's, that's what got me through. But And I think yeah. when it's your last one, too, that moment is so much more because you know it is the last like that's the last moment yeah. you're gonna have and it is like you'll have to we'll have to re- recap when we do um episode two of this about that moment because it is it is a moment i mean and that's like yeah. the golden hour they call it the golden hour for a reason mm-hmm. because it, <laughs> you still remember i mean even the sounds which honestly there weren't very many sound, but the sounds of the room at that time and looking at your husband hmm. and this baby that you created no matter how beat up you are from the process in my case i was fairly beat up <laughs> <laughs> but it's just this moment and you remember it for a lifetime and you kind of do crave that moment. And then when it's the last yeah. moment, you're like, you're done. Yeah. Whoa. Cause labor is intense. And I it mean, is. you know, you can't sugarcoat it, especially if you are able to do it unmedicated, it is intense and it is a pain like you have never experienced in your life. I remember mm-hmm. um, like reading something in a book and, and the comment was, well, it was like being hit with a sledgehammer in your back for every contraction. And I was like, no, that's pretty accurate. Like I, I would say that was pretty accurate. Um, but again, though, once, I'm like, oh my God. yeah, but then that split second of, you know, yeah. delivery, pushing that baby out and then holding the baby. It's like, I mean, it's like night and day. It, it really mm-hmm. is. It's like, you forget, you just forget all, all that pain it. that you just suffered and you're like, oh, and all is good. Again? Yeah. All you're is like, right with the world. Yeah. We'll do it again. No problem. Yeah, sure. <laughs> It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. bad. I mean, Gina and I both went back two years, like almost to the day later. So, hey, it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Well, like you said, with with Remy, like he was your redemption one. So then you're like, oh, we could have another one. Then you're like, nope, done. Uh, No, Remy really, and he was, and it was beautiful. So it's like when I got around to the third one, I was like, ah, piece of cake. And see, I got cocky again. I was like, piece of cake. And everything. And that's the thing. And that's what I've tried to. Um, I don't want to say teach you, but tell you about when you were here with us, when you would ask questions. Yeah. Like, motherhood is completely, constantly unexpected. There's valleys, there's peaks. It's constantly changing. Everybody's in the same water, but in different boats, right? And every experience yep. is different. And, you know, here I, I had, love that. Everyone's in the same water, but in different boats. We really yeah. are. And in motherhood's like that, <laughs> you know, you really don't know. Like I told you, because you're such a type A, you'll either get like the perfect infant the first time or you're going to get like a Satan baby. Like I had a zero to 10 baby. Like it's, it's just, you don't know what you're going to get and you have to be so open to it. And the same thing with the birthing process. I had my first one wasn't so good. My second one was amazing and easy and great and everything I had hoped the first one would be. And then I was like, I got cocky. The third one, I was like, I'm going to be great. 
that <laughs> entire pregnancy up until delivery was not like any of the first two. And that was just my reality. Hmm. It was completely opposite. So it's like everything I thought I learned was completely like, nope, flipped upside down. So let me, yeah, that's interesting. So like, let me ask you this with the second, how you said you were like pleasantly surprised. Do you think it had a lot to do with your mindset of like being open-minded and like your eyes were open to what could be, or was it literally like physically everything was different? I think it's a little bit of both. I do think because I had essentially just surrendered knowing that mm-hmm. I can't, like it's beyond your control. And you know, that's just how motherhood is. I mean, you can try to control someone, but you just don't know. I mean, they're, they're a whole different, this whole other being and you, you're only a spectator, you know, like it, it is what yeah. it is with them. And so I think, yeah, surrendering and just, I was very open-minded of like, this can go anyway. I did kind of have, again, I had a few things. It was like, please let me listen to music. Like, because that is how my, you know me, uh, music is my yep. thing. I need to close my eyes and focus. And so I do my own form of, even though um, I do get an epidural, I go inside my head. No one in the room mm-hmm. exists. Like, I just go in, zone out, listen to my music and do my thing. And so with him, it was really that surrender. And just yep. with Fletch, the last one, I just didn't, I mean, there was no time for any sort of <laughs> surrender. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't have time for anything. So it's just it's a very different experience every every time. Crazy. And Gina, did you have something similar to that or were your three pretty pretty similar, like one, two, three pregnancies, deliveries, all that? I think they were all pretty similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I had, I think it was like the hospital was, they were all born in different hospitals, just kind of a weird thing. That's so weird. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And my middle one, um, because I didn't have drugs, I was moaning because that's what they taught me in my birthing class was if you yeah. can you moan through the, the contraction, it helps you with the pain. And I was told by the nurse to stop being so loud because other ladies were in labor. OK, and, you know, I have no. to I ha- yeah. no, I have to chime in. So when I went in Orange County where I had Lily, because I've had them at two different hospitals, there was a woman who was clearly doing natural labor. And I'm there like thinking I'm going to go home because they weren't sure if my water had really broke. So it was like, I'm just there agitated. You know me when I get agitated, I'm like, can you just let me go home? And I'm <laughs> sitting in there and this woman is like, mo- and I remember calling Ward and saying, this woman needs to shut up. Like this, I'm going to go make this woman shut up. I'm not going to go hood on this woman because she is moaning <laughs> and making these sounds I have never heard a human make. I, I mean, oh you didn't deliver at the same time I did, so I know no, it, wasn't it wasn't you. Me, but I did <laughs> I get yelled at. Was it Gina? <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. But I have experienced the moaning woman like you, so yeah. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, and that. were you guys sharing a room? Is that what happened? No, I like, guess they could hear me outside of the room because it was just oh, just okay. me in the room. And then I was ready to push. It was my second baby, and you know yeah. when when the baby you can when you don't have the medication, you feel the baby shift. You feel them start right. moving out of your body. And you're ready. Like, you know, you're ready to push. And I remember saying, I'm ready to push. And the nurse came in and she was like, now, dear, we'll check you and see. And I was like, I've done this before. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And as soon as she checked me, there was like this flurry of activity. They were running around because I think she was like halfway out of my body. And where they were waiting for the doctor, doctor's not here yet. I'm like, could you find someone else, please? Someone needs to catch my baby. That was Reagan? That was Reagan. And they just kept, they're like, don't push, don't push. I'm like, I'm not, but I can feel her moving. Like she's going to be born whether I push or not. So it was those things like the the labor was just basic labor and and painful, but it was more of the hospital situation with her birth that was kind of annoying. And I told my doctor, she was born at 
11.45 p.m., and I told my doctor, I'm like, you need to get me out of here tomorrow. And I was out of the hospital by like six o'clock the next night. I didn't even <laughs> no spend way. 24 hours in the hospital. Yeah. Cause it was just a terrible, <laughs> You're terrible like, hospital. No. And that's another thing. Oh my God. I, I think it varies. Like I was in Orange County, which by all accounts should have been the cream of the cream, you know, like hospitals yeah. with Lily with my first worst experience ever. Like I still see that Kaiser building off the 91 and I I might flip at the bird sometimes (laughs) because that's how I am. But we had a terrible experience. And then it's like Riverside. I threw my nose up at that. I was like, I'm going to have my kids in River. Like what? Like what? (laughs) Sorry, Riverside, but sorry. I'm a Long Beach girl. We just don't like the 951 so much. But anyhow, (laughs) I was like throwing my, right? No. And I had such a great experience there. So I stand corrected. Riverside's where it's at. I had both my babies there and it was great but it does I think hospitals and staff and all of those matter and oh by the way I also was having Lily Julie at shift change don't be pushing out your baby at shift change because they are not you know how do you know when that is like you can't control it well exactly (laughs) but I'm gonna tell you there was a mind shift with the staff in annoyance. And I think that was part of my thing is I was having difficulty getting her out. She had a giant head. It was a whole thing. But they were also like, I'm, we're supposed to be going like shift change. We're supposed to be going. So they're like, it was awful. I mean, they were just oh, agitated. So try not to push the baby out during shift change is my tip. <laughs> Good to know. I also, so on that note, I've heard that obviously nurses are people. So personalities are different. Way of life is different. All that kind of stuff. I've actually heard through going through a lot of classes and things like that, that you can like tell someone like, I don't want you as my nurse. <laughs> because, like the bedside manner doesn't match up. Like I've heard that people do that. Have you guys done that? Or was that a thing? It, it is like, a thing. To request them to leave. It is a thing, but I've never done it. And I wouldn't advise doing it because their nurse posse friends are going to be like, yeah, she just didn't want me in there. And they're going to talk. I mean, it's just like at the hair salon. They're yeah. going to talk about you in the break room. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's awkward. Like, and it's awkward. Yeah. I, I will say my only experience close to that was um, we had a male nurse come in with my second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I saw him. And I was like, and I'm not, I'm very open-minded. But again, I was still, you know, pretty modest about my lady bits. And I was like, <laughs> um, wait a second. He's like just taking out the trash or something, right? Like. He's not staying. <laughs> I thought he was one of like the order orderlies that was helping like oh, clean up the room. And they're like, oh no, he's yeah. one of our nurses. And I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be fun. And I remember just being like, um, but like Gina said, guess what? When it came down to the nitty gritty, do you think I even paid attention that there was another male in that room? Right. Nope. The, the main goal is just get the baby out. And, and I didn't even care. Like I, I didn't pay attention to this random male nurse in my room. <laughs> I didn't care anymore. So I think, I mean, if there's someone that's really, really like, it's a problem that you have to advocate for yourself, but that's also why you're going to be paying the doula. Um, yeah, I had exactly. some nurses first time around, we should have kicked out. Um, but I definitely hadn't found my, my mama voice yet. So we didn't, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just don't know if I personally would assert it. Would you Gina? I don't think so. And honestly, I do think the majority are really nice you know yeah I think just you know my other two births were the people were so nice and helpful and everything so I kind of feel like you're going to be fine you know I I do have one other question yeah thinking about that um again this is our first so we don't have 
that much to juggle. We have the dog, but we've already have a we have a plan in place. I got his food packed, <laughs> so all that's taken care of. But like when you have more than one, right? So you can't bring big brother or big sister to the hospital with you when you're having number two. So do you have a babysitter, or how does that work, like planning wise? Because you don't know when you're going to go into labor. Well, labor, when labor starts, like when you first start having contractions, it's going to be probably several hours Hours, before you need to go to the hospital. So you have plenty of time to, you know, call someone and make those plans. I know with, um, with Eli, our, my last, my sister came over, she worked full time and I was in labor almost all day. And around seven o'clock at night, I was like, you should come over. So she came over. (laughs) "Uh, You should probably head over now. Yeah. She came over and... She spent the night, but Ron and I went to the hospital at like whatever, one o'clock in the morning. Eli was born at three. Ron was home in time for breakfast, six o'clock for the girls. And because my my sister had to go to work the next day. So she literally just spent the night to be with the girls. And then he was back home. So like when you're third, you know, he was like, okay, I'll see you later. Right. Like, yeah, peace (laughs) out. That was, yeah, yeah. the first one, like, like, you got this. Yeah. Dad can be there the whole time until you get checked out. But yeah, with the second one, it just depends on how much family or who you have around that can stay with your others. Exactly. Your support system. That was us. Um, I mean, you know, my support system comes and goes and it's not without a lot of obstacles and dramas. So with Mm -hmm. uh, number two, uh, my mom came to the house with Lily and the same thing. Like we kind of had a hankering that it was happening, but I was like, well, I have to go buy Like I had to go buy diapers. You know, I had, she was still in pull-ups and we had in diapers. So we went, I'll never forget it. We went to babies R us and, we walked babies R us and we got the last of supplies. And then I was like, well, my mom, like, oh, I got to make sure the house is clean because my mom's a clean freak. And so then I'm like scrubbing crumbs and wiping stuff up. And I remember like oh. scrubbing parts of the floor and words like, should you be doing that? I'm like, I'm fine. And then I was like, well, this is becoming a little more intense. And it was like, okay, we should probably call her. And it was like a gradual, we had time to plan, you know, okay, getting, you know, everything ready. But you have a plan beforehand when, you know, number two comes and you have a support system, whoever and however it comes. You know, I always say sometimes your village is the village you have to pay for. So sometimes it's a babysitter. You just Mm -hmm. never, you never know. But you'll have time. No, that's good to know. Okay. So what else is on your list before we wrap up episode one of this two-part before and after the realities of uh, birthing? (laughs) So what about like nursing? Like what what do you want to know from us? Um, I guess yeah, any tips on nursing, pumping, sharing the load with dad or because I want to breastfeed, right? So obviously breastfeeding can be breast milk in a bottle or breastfeeding. Um, but I've heard like don't pump until about two weeks in because like your milk supply is still stabilizing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then at that two weeks, then you can start pumping and saving. And I told Drew, I was like, when that happens, I want you to take over at least like two of the night feedings so I can sleep a little bit. But like, what are your guys' takes on that? What was your experience? Well, my nursing experience was not easy. Um, I think Gina's was a little bit more smooth. Honestly, it's going to depend on you and how you, you may have ideas that you want to bottle feed. And I think a lot of people do. I, I knew I was like, oh, I'll pump and it'll be easy. You know my story. Pumping just never really worked for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but you can make your husband and your partner part of the process in other ways. Like Ward was always great about filling up my water cup, bringing me my nipple cream, making sure my pillow was adjusted, bringing me a snack, uh, just 
make them part of the feeding process. And then, you know okay. what he always liked doing early on was he was the burper. It was so funny. He oh, huge, <laughs> huge hands with this tiny baby and his, he loved to burp. So it was like, I fed, he burped. It was Passover. It was that way. So we kind of just were a team without him doing that component. Not to say that we didn't, you know, have bottles here and there because there were times where we had to with Lily with uh, SNS systems and things like that. And then with the boys, obviously, right. When you start adding multiple kids, things change. But um, that was how we made him part of the process. For me, it was easier to nurse than to deal with pumping and trying to do bottles and all of that. So you'll just have to see how it comes. But he can still so much be part of the process. Don't you agree, Gina? I think so, yeah. I mean, we we never really did bottles because they wouldn't take it from me. Yeah. And that was the problem for us. We didn't have grandparents, family. We didn't have anyone. It was just us. And so when you nurse the baby, they know, like they know that you, they know your smell, they know your your feel, (laughs) they know you have the good stuff. And so like for, for my first, I tried to give her bottles. I tried and she would just scream and scream because she knew I don't want that plastic thing. I want mom. And, but there was never like a grandparent or someone else to give her the bottle where she may have taken it from them because she smelled me. So that was okay. our situation. And yeah. then again, like Sarah's saying, you know, in the middle of the night, sometimes it's easier to just, you know, latch the baby on instead of go downstairs, warm up the yeah. milk, get the bottle well, ready. Because the I baby agree. is screaming the whole time you're trying to do that. So if you just nurse That's them for, true. you know, five, 10 minutes, everyone's back to sleep and everybody's happier. It, it's more seamless. Like I definitely, and I know I feel fed is a, a thousand percent best. However, you need to do that. Oh, yeah. But after going yeah. through different again, different scenarios and different, um, obstacles. Um, I've never understood like the bottle thing because it is not easier by any way, shape or form. It is so much harder. I always felt to go, like you said, to go prepare it and the baby screaming. So for me, again, I didn't even want to futz with having to do that for him to help feed. I was like, let me nurse her. And then, yeah, you can burp or change your diaper. And, you know, he loved swaddling. So he basically would take over all of the other part of the process. And I just fed and it worked really well. That's, that's good too. Really cool. can, I was going like to say that. that's a yeah. great. Uh, I think we did that at night sometimes, where the baby starts crying. Dad yeah. gets up, changes the diaper, hands the baby to mom. You feed, and then if they happen to poop again while you're feeding them, which usually happens, uh-huh. then Dad can change <laughs> them again. Exactly. And, exactly. and that's how we did it. You yeah. know, and it worked. It worked great for us. I think the bottles, um, especially the upstairs, downstairs. I mean, I know that they're we're old, Gina. There's like these. Did you see? There's this like formula. Oh my god, it's like a Keurig. Have you seen it, Gina? No, I haven't. It's really? like a formula Keurig like, thing that like warms the oh water and all this. So it's like great. Right, and there's like bottle warmer. Like you don't have to leave your bed like we used to. Like yeah. these women that's have it. Cool. Yeah. But to me, it's just always such a process. That I would rather and again, like yeah. cleaning everything too. Exactly, like I, I get that for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I will say too, another thing is um, pumping. Um, my husband knew all the obstacles and felt so bad that he couldn't do more, but he did. He took over sanitizing all of the pump products. So I would do my part. I would pump. I would hand off the bottles and the equipment to him, and then he would go store the milk when I could get some, which was rare, <laughs> and he would clean and sanitize all of the equipment. So he really did take over so much of what he could do, which was great. So I think that's how you make them part of the process. Again, once you have the baby, you and Drew will find your own rhythm and what works for you because as you know, what works for one doesn't always work for another. So you'll find your, you'll find your routine. I like that though. Yeah. Cause of course he wants to be involved in like, obviously feeding can only come from me. So he can't really offer much in that sense, but I like the idea of involving him in other ways and like, 
being a part of it. So I really, I like that. I do have a suggestion because Ron did this with all of our kids. So um, at the hospital, they'll tell you like the skin to skin time. And so you'll just yeah, have yeah. naked baby against naked mama. Let dad do it. Ron did it with all of our I kids. He would just yeah. little, you know, naked baby and just tuck them into his t-shirt and just snuggle and they would just sleep on him. Oh, they love it. The daddy so, cleaner. I call it the daddy yeah. cleaner. So that's a great way for him to bond too, is that okay. skin to skin time. Well, and that's another, like what Gina said, uh, like the skin to skin. And there are things like you can only do certain things, right? That mm-hmm. he's never going to be able to do. But then they do things that even though you can do it, I'm telling you, dad just does certain things better. Dad did the daddy climber better. Daddy swaddled better. Daddy did book time. I mean, my husband read religiously every single night to our daughter and he would take the cranky the witching hour shift because he just had the stamina I didn't have after a day of nursing and being touched and all of those things so there are things and bonds that only he will have that are going to be different so you'll each have your stuff do you know what I mean so don't, yeah. don't be so hung up on like the bot because I do I, I see it all the time that they're like well he wants to feed and feedings are but honestly sometimes it is just so much more seamless when mom just does it. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good perspective. And well, I'll and safe solids for him. That for sure. <laughs> safe solids <laughs> for him because save the solid food eating for him because that's a whole nother level Ooh, of mess. There you go. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. like, you do the whole breastfeeding. Yeah. I'll just sit back yeah. and watch. <laughs> it's quite comical. I'm like, if you really, hey, you want to feed? Here you go. Here's some peas. Good luck with that. He could do school lunches too. <laughs> oh, right? Oh, okay. They have to eat yeah, for a lot of years. For a while, so I guess that's true. Yeah. And that's what I think. I think a lot of first time moms, I've seen it. They just get like, well, I want him to be part of the feeding process. It's like, no, no, no. Give him the shit diapers. Give him the swaddling. Give him the burping where the projectile comes out. Like the laundry. The laundry. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, save the feeding for when the peas come because baby don't want that. So just wait for that. Like, let dad have okay. that. Right, Gina? I like that. Right. <laughs> so before we wrap up, what are some of your okay, so let's recap. We're gonna do medicated. We have a doula. Unmedicated. We've, oh, sorry, unmedicated. unmedicated. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, was me. Like, Wait. I have medication on the mind. We're doing unmedicated. We're doing a doula support person. We're doing uh dad and doula in the room. We're doing some music. Yep. We're doing some hypnobirth. We're gonna do a golden hour. You're planning to nurse. So what are some other, like, do you have a focal point? Do you have a particular song? What are some other things that Julie's going to have for Julie? Um, yeah, so I have, <laughs> I'm a very eclectic music playlist, like country, Christian, Metallica, like all kinds of stuff. So I'm kind of just thinking I'll put my, you know, my headphones in on shuffle and let it just go, go where it, it needs to go. Yeah, I can that's just kind of how my brain is like I need sometimes I need Jack Johnson sometimes I need someone screaming at me so like (laughs) I don't know I I'm kind of keeping an open mind with that but um yeah that and with the hypnobirthing techniques like we've gotten some affirmation cards so I've hung those up like everywhere around my room my office bathroom so I see them daily and it's like you know, I, I inhale peace and I exhale tension. So just kind of like remembering that, um, just a few like different phrases to like cling on to, I guess. And again, like with the doula there, like she, <laughs> I didn't even get to talk her up. She has three kids of her own. Um, and I think she did unmedicated at least for the last two, 
but um, that was why she became a doula. And we asked her how many births she's done because we interviewed a lot of doulas and they're like, oh yeah, this is just my second year doing it. And with COVID, they're like, I've only had five births. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're pretty new. <laughs> but she, she actually said she's been doing it for 10 years now and she stopped counting at 300. And we're like, okay, Aww. so you know what you're doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's not her first so rodeo. Like we're in good hands. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so my other question yeah. is, what is in Julie's hospital bag? Ooh, that's a fun one. <laughs> so definitely snacks. Oh, <laughs> of course. That's you and your snacks. Oh my! Like my kids are all like, Julie ate a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still do. That much is Come on. <laughs> okay, wait a second though. Hold on. Then there's going to have to be, yeah. like, you birthing Julie, I can but imagine, because I've seen you eat just on the regular. So, like, do you have, a like, a full, like, tailgate cooler ready or what? Oh, my gosh. Well, so, <laughs> as of right now, I've just been kind of, like, gathering stuff, like, every time I go to the store. And, like, I want to bring, like, some fresh fruit and stuff so that you kind of just have yeah, to do like, whatever's in the fridge. Yeah, like carrots and apples, just like easy munchy stuff. Um, peanut butter. Um, I've got jerky, coconut water. Um, so you have a, you have a, you have a tailgate cooler. Okay, we we get the picture. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it gives you any sort of like change the picture, we have our own bag for that. <laughs> I, I know, I know you. I've tra- I've traveled with you. I you know you and your snacks. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, hangry Julie. Oh, hangry Julie. No. And I can't imagine say a prayer for Jewel, uh, say a prayer for her husband, Drew, if there is a hangry yeah. Julie birthing. <laughs> Y'all, let's just pray for him. I know. Let's take a moment. Real quick. No. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's first on my list is snacks. <laughs> and then, obviously, like nursing bras. Um, I have like a small bathroom bag, so like face wash um shampoo I mean again I don't know if I'll be able to shower like standing up or I don't I don't know what it looks like but I was like I'll just bring like small travel size stuff and then toothbrush and that kind of thing um and then I have some mom culture clothes yay for obviously after I don't want to wear them during (laughs) I don't want to ruin anything um and then I brought a swimsuit because of the birthing tub and again might be naked I don't know but at least I have it um I, so the reason I'm like umming is because I packed probably like two months ago. <laughs> but See, I also type have, a like, Julie. <laughs> I know. I'm, hey, you're not surprised. But um, yeah, I've got like nipple cream and school softeners and all that kind of stuff, which I think, again, they probably have stuff at the hospital. But I was like, you know what? If I have it, I might as well just throw it in there. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I have two things to add for you. I would say yes. chapstick. Yes. Oh, good idea. I know. And this one's odd, but do you have um, like nail clippers for the baby yet? Oh, yes. Because Eli was born with the longest fingernails. That's the one thing really? I was like, yeah. So when Ron was coming back to the hospital, I said, just bring me the nail clippers. Because honestly, okay. you get they'll fixed, just start yeah. scratching themselves right well, away. And you as oh. mom, you're staring at this baby and they have like, like vampire-ish fingernails. And you're like, Dang. yeah, no, you're, they're aesthetically unpleasing. That's you're a really like, good idea. Yeah. No, I do. Them. I do have some clippers for her. So I'll bring those. Okay. And mm-hmm. then my tip is, and I know you think you're going to have a big baby and you very well could because <laughs> I thought I was going to have a giant baby too. And I had a teeny tiny baby three times. I had teeny tiny babies. I brought the <laughs> coming home outfit that actually grandma had bought all three times. And I ended up 
having to get preemie clothes after the first experience. So after that, guess what went in my hospital bag? A pair and a spare of what grandma had bought and then a preemie outfit in case because my babies came and their clothes were just massive. So wow, you can return them if you don't take the tags off of her, but it's just, in my experience, it does not hurt to have them. And my neighbor just had her first baby and I actually ran into her two weeks before she had, um, and she was like telling me all the stuff she was ordering and I gave her that tip. And she came over and she said, thank God you told me that. No one had told me. And she's like, he was six pounds and he was nothing fit. And she was like, I would have been in tears. And she's like, but I listened to you. And I put a couple of layettes in the bag. And that's Mm -hmm. what, and he was wearing them for the first month and a half. I I have, I have a story I have to sell real quick as for my first bought the outfit for her. It was gigantic. Huge. My (laughs) brother-in-law bought her a t-shirt from the hospital gift (laughs) shop. I was born at St. Jude's Hospital and that's what she wore home from the hospital. No No one tells, no one, no. I mean, and she was wrapped up in a little receiving blanket, but yeah, that's what she wore home. No one tells you, Jules. They're much smaller than you think they're going to be. Yeah. No, no one tells you. The doctor is estimating that she's going to be between seven and seven and a half. So Knowing that, I actually, I forgot to go over her bag. <laughs> um, I do have like blankets and I have two different sizes of everything. Oh, good. Just in case, because I, we got a bunch of like newborn size stuff, which looks tiny, but again, it's like not. you said, like they're mm-hmm. tiny. <laughs> so yeah. I put in like, I think two or three outfits that are newborn, like onesies that are newborn size. And then two or three outfits that are um, like zero to three is like the next size. Mm-hmm. So you might yeah, want okay. you might want to have one like preemie set of layette. Um, I'm just speaking out of experience because, and it's so funny. I actually was cleaning out the boys' closets when we were doing the renovations and came across right the little box with all the stuff. And Remy goes, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh, this is actually what you came home in." He goes, "That would fit a doll." And I was like, "This is how <laughs> tiny you were." And he's like, "No way!" But it oh. was it was preemie, and it was funny. My sister had bought this little camo. It was grandma grandma's or whatever from Walmart, right? It was this little oh yeah camel yep. outfit thing, and it's so tiny. But Remy saw it and thought that fit a doll, not me. Like, there's no way. And I was like, "No, bub, I have pictures of you in this." So how you just cute. it's one of those things, old mom sharing with you that yeah, you never know. And please tell me you have your depends or I, what's that new freedom mom has the briefs. Please tell me you have your throwaway panties. Yes, yes. I did get a bunch of like TJ Maxx, just cheapo granny panties <laughs> um, that are like, I think size large, like I'm normally extra small or small, but like even right now I'm in like medium, large, everything. So I was like, you know what? I just want this to be loose fitting and it's seven bucks. I can just pop them all, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, that was my, yeah. my favorite tip is the depends. Life changing. Toss away underwear. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Because postpartum is no, no joke. Yes. And I did take your advice. I'm like remembering things that we've talked about before. Sorry. I'm kind of all over the place, but it's all good. Um, you had suggested because we have a two story house. So like having the diaper changing station in two places, like having a basket and then also the, mommy postpartum bathroom kit yes. everywhere yeah because so it's a lot I've been, I've been prepping that kind of stuff too just so it's not you know a rush at the end or like oh crap it's upstairs and I'm downstairs or whatever 
No, so I'm glad you did that. Helpful. The the battlefields, because mm-hmm. when we had our first, we just were in a tiny condo and then we ended up, you know, in a two-story house. So having the battle stations on upstairs and downstairs is crucial. Yep. And, <laughs> I mean, if you can afford it, and I'm always mindful of everyone's, you know, financial status, but like yeah. if you can, even having two nursing pillows, I felt was so much easier because when they're hungry, they're hungry. So having to run upstairs and grab one and there's a screaming baby. And then if you have a screaming toddler, it's, it's a lot. So I did nursing oh, pillows yeah. upstairs and downstairs. And then I was so bougie. I got one for the car because I had too many kids. Like I, I would Did like, you? right. I had one in the car. Like, yeah. So battle stations everywhere is my other tip. Battle stations everywhere. You can put one just makes yeah. things flow a little no, bit better. So any other last, uh, last questions or anything before we wrap up and then we, uh, we're going to, what do you think? When do you want to revene with our listeners? You want to um, do two weeks postpartum? You want to go the whole six weeks? When do you want to do it? I think it should be before six weeks, but yeah, maybe like two or three weeks after. I'll I'll for sure let you know. Like, hey, I'm a zombie, not going to work right now, <laughs> or like, like I might have a burst of energy for an hour and be like, all right, call me. <laughs> we're we're gonna be here for you. I am so so excited for you. I really, you know how Thank much you. I believe in the universe, and I think as hard as it was to see you go. I think your timing and everything, your whole life just kind of fell into perfect place. And I'm so excited for you. And our new crew member. Thank you. Road trip, Thank Gina. You. I know. She's going to be the newest one to rep little mom culture stuff. If I could just <laughs> actually get some baby stuff going again. And you might inspire me. I might have a new built-in model. Ooh, please do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we send you all our love from California, and we are Thank excited. You. We're going to send you all the birthing juju and positivity, and Thank you, we're ladies. here for you. If you need anything, you know Auntie Gina and Auntie Sarah are going to be here for you. Yes. Well, I love you ladies so much, and thank you for having me today. Love, love you, you too, too and we're so excited to meet Little Miss and to see how it really went and what your perspective is on the postpartum experience. Yay. And she'll have a name by the time we talk. So I'm still rooting for my name. I'm not giving up. I mean, I know it's probably not going to happen, but I think it's the coolest thing ever. Oh man. That was so funny when you called us You're like, I've got it. I've got her name. It just hit me. I had a moment of inspiration, but we're so, so excited. Okay. I can't wait. Thank you. All right. Can't girl. wait. Bye. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.